TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, I think episode 397 or 8, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and as always, it gives me great pleasure to head south down to Melbourne. They're out of lockdown, they can travel around the country, they are free as a bird, the great chiropractic extraordinaire, wellness guru, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello brother. <laughs> Hello brother. How Freedom. are you, mate? Very close. Freedom. I'm feeling very close to being able to get up to see you very soon, which is great. Borders coming down. Bang, Bang. which is great. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited uh, that we've we're starting to come out of this uh, this darkness, which is which is terrific. That is a very good call. Now, speaking of darkness, on the other side of darkness is light, and one of the lightest, most incredible human beings on this planet is a dear friend of ours. I have known our guest. Not as long as you, Damo, but sometimes I think maybe a little bit longer because I reckon I met our guest before I knew that he was studying chiropractic with you and Sarah. Marcus Yo is the founder of My Chiropractic. He's the host of the Superwell podcast. He's a dear friend of both Damo and I, and it is an indictment on this podcast that he hasn't joined us earlier. Yoey, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to me. Glad to be here. <laughs> it, it's an absolute to joy you. to have you on, Yoi. But before yes. we get into the topics that you and Damo and I have been speaking about behind the scenes, how did you and I meet? Was it before I started going out with my now wife, Sarah? Was it Alicia Gorey, now Loxley? Or was it someone else that connected us pre-Sarah? Well, well, there could be... The, the strongest memory I have is actually in Richmond... Um, I forget at the name of Holly the Ava, at Holly, Holly Ava. Ava. Does it Is still it exist? Ava? I have no right. idea if it still exists. Holly Ava, um, after the um, Sydney and West Coast Grand Final, um, Leo Barry. Um, you hero. You yeah, star. The, the, yep. the, famous, the famous mark. Yeah, and then uh, I, you were there with Sarah and Alicia, and I, I came along uh, to the bar with DJ um, at the time. And then um, I, don't, I actually don't recall what happened to him. Um, he might have evaporated. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, uh, but then yeah, and but we may have met earlier through other friends, um, you know, uh, Christian Mbezi. Yes, um, yes. He's potentially a link that we've had too beforehand. Um, but um, needless to say, you made the most most of the um, the impression you made early was that night in Richmond. That was a yeah, fun night. It was a good night. It was a good night. Now, no, again, I, I said pre-recording, and I know I've stepped my foot in it here. Let's call the footy off there, yo, because you and I could talk footy all day. Yeah. Damo. And very good too. Like you would be be an incredible conversation. I would just sit there and listen and nod. That's about as much as I could offer, unless we're talking Tigers, which I'd be happy to do. Um, I'd only be able to nod. That would be my contribution to that conversation. Now, there will be times today, Piercy, that I will accidentally call Yoey Wowie. Um, And the reason why I call Yoey Wowie is because – Yoey goes to see my accountant, and so we have the same accountant. Anyway, Yoey used to walk into the accounting office, or you would would you know be speaking to my accountant, and he would get called Yowie. 
because my accountant didn't know how to say it properly. Um, anyway, um, around the office, he was known as Yowie. Anyway, one day he went into the office and one of the accountants who really took a fancy to Yowie uh, said, um, that's not Yowie, that's Wowie. And, uh, and, so, and so from then on, Yowie has been known as Wowie ever since then. So we will be calling – I might drop in to call him Wowie from time to time. But I don't want to, I don't want to detract. I'm obviously, he's a very good-looking man, but I don't want to detract from his brain because his brain is unbelievable. He, uh, he got the ducks of the university when I was uh, at RMIT. I had to leave RMIT because the competition was too fierce. Uh, <laughs> and so Yowie uh, pulled up. Uh, try, he got the he got the big prize there, and um, and he continued. He's an ideas man. He continues to have ideas about so many things. Anyway, we've been chatting a lot um, since March about things, including coronavirus, and he's got some really fascinating, interesting, pragmatic um, opinions and ideas and angles of looking at COVID and the way out of COVID uh, for Australia. And you know, let's face it, given that ScoMo getting phone calls from the rest of the world at the moment. How did you guys manage COVID? It's highly likely, in fact, it's probable that Marcus Wow will also be getting phone calls from the rest of the world as to how would he pull us out of COVID? That's what I'm thinking. So So how what how have you viewed it, Yoey? I mean it's been an interesting time. What's how have you how have you viewed, you know, these last six or seven months? Well uh, just to quickly touch on the point that this is probably, I don't know how many podcasts you and I have been on together, Damo, but every single time you love to tell the wowie story. Um, so It's a great story. Um, it doesn't, you, and you smile so much each time. Um, <laughs> I anyway. I love it. Never wears thin, but that's okay. And, um, so, and Loz, Loz also says uh, hi, wowie, and, and I reckon she reckons you're wowie as well, don't you, Lozzie? No okay. doubt about it. Thanks, Lozzie. Yeah. Um, Good friend so, of BK's, actually. Good friend of BK's. All right. Well, well, you know, actually, we weren't going to talk about horse racing, but there was a horse yesterday that was called Yow something, and I just put some money on it just because of BK. Uh, I think it, I don't think it did anything good, but anyway, <laughs> because it wasn't Wow. That's probably why. Sort of was. Um, so look, yeah, look, Piercy, we were talking the other day, and I just said to Damo that there, I've had some interesting thoughts around this um, uh, because. I feel like one really big component of the conversation has just really been, at least in Australia, um, overlooked uh, for some reason. I, I don't know what. Um, and that's to do with the lifestyle uh, relationship to disease and, you know, how we live our life as a human being and what impact it has on us in terms of susceptibility to all kinds of diseases, um, one being uh, coronavirus. Uh, for instance, and there's another friend of ours who's a chiropractor who Damo's studying with in a course, and he he's got a um, he's done a PhD, I think, or he's doing a PhD in public health, and his office is actually near the chief health officer of Victoria, Brett Sutton. And I was talking to him. I actually posed a question: Why can you ask him why they haven't addressed lifestyle-related factors as part of the response to coronavirus? He said. His response was um, around the idea that um, they had to acutely manage the situation first, and from my from my end, I, I felt like that that's a bit of a, a bit of a cop out because there's opportunity um, that is presenting to us at the same time through this process to actually get gains um, in our health as a society. Yet we're just focusing on on the limitations of the disease. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was talking to Damien, we spoke about 
the the factors that lead to severe coronavirus. Okay, and the we were talking at demo brought up the order. I'm not sure where you got that from, DK, but um, that being old, which is what people tend to assimilate with bad coronavirus outcomes, is actually number six on the list of risk factors. And then the first five are actually lifestyle-based disease, with the first one being diabetes, obesity is in there, heart disease, um, and I'm not sure what the other couple were in there as well. There's diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, lung disease, and cancer, then followed by old age. Yeah. yeah. So, and look, cancer is probably to do with frailty as well. Not everyone who has cancer is going to have severe out- outcomes, but a lot of people who do have cancer undergo an immune-based therapy and, you know, um, that would leave them susceptible, obviously, to um, a bad outcome. Mm. But what I was saying to Damo is that, you know, in Melbourne, we've had this lockdown that's been going on, that went on for months. And as part of that, there were doctors who all joined together to write this big uh, big letter and a huge push to the government to end the lockdowns because of the secondary negative consequences of lockdown on people's health and well-being, like mental health, um, inactivity and so forth like that, you know, other responses like not getting care, not getting checkups um, that could mean that they do have cancer that's diagnosed late, um, so they're not getting um, early intervention, which can lead to worse outcomes and so forth. Yeah. And so I said, on the flip side of this conversation is this conversation around, hey, if we know that um, diabetes, obesity, heart disease, high blood pressure are factors that lead to more severe outcomes with coronavirus, if we're trying to reduce the people, if we don't want to overload the healthcare system, if we don't want to have our hospitals too full, then surely part of the response, um, it would make sense to try and make people healthier and more robust, so that if they do catch the virus, they get it in a less severe in a less severe manner, which means they're not going to head into hospital. But then the secondary positive flow-on response from that is that. Um, not just this year, but next year people will be healthier. You know, if we have less obese people, less diabetes, less heart disease, if people are living in a way that leads to those outcomes, then it also is going to lead to less mental health issues, less cancer, less other comorbidities that arise in our society as well. So from a from a response perspective, I guess that was more um, one of the learnings I thought we could get out of this is that we we understand that these things lead to more severe outcomes. And yep. moving forward, not just to do with this pandemic, but any future issues that pop up like this, we need to be looking at this as part of our response, not only to make people healthier, but to reduce the load on our hospitals, reduce the load on our medical system, and also the flow-on effect, the opportunity opportunity that we have in our hands right now to lead to positive health outcomes into the future for more people in society beyond just coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. Great points there, Wowie. And, um, and I think it's really important that uh, we... We we start by saying we know we've had – I'm going to date stamp this. We've had five zero days in a row. Um, so we could be thinking that we're coming out of this and people might then say, well, we've managed it really well and here we are at the end of it and things are looking really good. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying what would be a better way to manage this out. You know, How do we get rid of this virus? But there's a few things that we need to be mindful of. Um, one is – it still appears that as leaders, um, they're looking and waiting for a panacea, which could be um, a vaccine if that ever gets found to be effective and safe or safe and effective in that order. Um, and we, we'll probably discuss that a little bit later on. Um, but also, we're, we're also saying that it's really important to not throw the baby out with bathwater bath in that 
just because there's a virus, it doesn't mean that we need to stop doing the things that we need to do to stay healthy and well and to decrease the risk factors associated with dying from the contagion in the first place. So we're meant to maintain an appropriate immune system. We're meant to maintain health and well-being. Um, and as Marcus Pierce and I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now I'm going to refer to him as Piercey, uh, as Piercey and I know, having interviewed people and spoken about this topic for 497 other episodes, um, we know that you've got to be well and healthy. Oh, no, 397. Yeah, you yeah. just added 100, not out, <laughs> wow, 397. Just, <laughs> just went forward two years. Uh, so <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> You know, we know you've got to be well and healthy to live a long time, right? You can't just, you know, bunker down and hide in your room because there's something germy out there. Like, you can't be afraid of germs. So you've got to be okay with getting a germ and you've got to be okay with being able to manage that germ. So to manage that germ, you've got to be healthy. And so that means movement, mindfulness, um, exercise, which is different to movement, good food, um, low levels of alcohol. And, you know, a whole host of other things, you know. So we've got to be, you know, really onto that. So I think you've raised some really great um, points there. Wowie. This is confusing. It's good. I like so to many Marcuses. So many Marcuses is unbelievable. Well, um, I'm, I feel like I'm a bit torn in all of this because on one level, like I 100% agree with everything that's being said. But on the other level, I, I wondered just knowing that, um, so medically minded people are naturally medical in their in their approach. That sure. lifestyle uh, to to many medically minded people seems like a luxury. So, for want of a better term, uh, if this is a triage approach, they're not worried about about the three of us because they know that we're going to look after ourselves. Now, this is all just assumption, and everyone can disagree. That's okay, but. I feel like from a triage level in the way a medically minded person thinks that they default they default automatically to healthcare and hospitals and nurses and doctors and all the rest of it. So I just wonder given that given that a lot of people that are into lifestyle modification and and Yoey I'd, I'd love I'd love your view on this uh, and Damo's as well but I feel like people that improve their lifestyle do it more out of personal initiative rather than the government saying it's a good idea for you to go for a walk or a run and see a chiropractor, get a massage, have some green juice every morning, meditate for half an hour and journal at night. I feel like the people that look after themselves do it from an inside-out approach rather than an outside-in approach. What say you, great man? Uh, which great man? You, you. I love Damo, but, yeah, sorry. Um, well, you, look, I think I just think um, – you know, a really close family friend of ours, he actually just passed away recently, um, but he was a heavy smoker and heavy drinker. And um, about 10 or 13 years ago, actually, I think it was, they um, had their, no, it was about 10 years ago, had their first grandchild and he stopped that day, right? Uh, no, sorry, he had a heart scare and then he stopped that day because he, he had an, a higher motivation to try and live a healthier lifestyle. Now, for me, um, you think about what's driving people to stay in their house, um, to live in complete fear at the moment, um, which is the, the narrative around the susceptibility of the virus. So if you gave them some motivation and said, well, hey, you don't have to be as scared if you can also work on these other elements, there might that might create some of that internal drive that does 
help someone live a healthier lifestyle, but they're only going to do that if they're aware of the facts. And if no one's telling them that the facts are that the six leading causes of severe coronavirus are these things, Mm. and if you work on these things, it's going to help you and it gives you some control over your situation as well. Right now, whilst we're in lockdown and we're trying to reduce the spread of this disease, um, a really great thing that you can do to help yourself and help society is working on these things. Because remember, it's not I'm not just suggesting this from an individual approach. I'm suggesting this from a society approach too. Because if, um, you know, Damo talked about um, the, the panacea idea, we've seen in Europe as they've, they're going back into winter, they're getting... Um, you know, uh, new waves of coronavirus coming in. And whilst we would like to think we've had some two waves over here, we really haven't had a significant wave of virus. You know, we've only had little blips um, so far, very controlled. And our government has done a good job in controlling that so far. But uh, what happens next year? Are we waiting for a panacea? And if that doesn't come, if we have, um, Damo mentioned the vaccine, if we have a vaccine that's to the equivalent effectiveness of, say, the flu vaccine, and then that means we open up the borders, uh, there's still a lot of people that are going to be susceptible, right? Because it's not a, it's not going to be 100% effective. And what messaging are we having to all these other people to try and help society? Because if, 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 it, is, if it has a similar effectiveness, we open the borders up, uh, then um, we get inundated with coronavirus cases because it's, you know, it's much more contagious than everything else. Um, it's, our hosp- we're going to face the same challenge. Our hospital system is going to be um, overrun. People are going to be scared. We're going to have to go into lockdown again, potentially. What other damage might that cause? So I'm just thinking future pacing, this is, a, this is a narrative that could have been had to help strike in at that internal proposition of why I need to change. You know, as an individual, I need to look after myself. I need to be healthy. I need to do it for myself because I want to feel safe. And also, um, as the commentary has been around, particularly in Victoria, we are in this together. We need to work together. We could be using that same messaging attached to modifying our lifestyle so that it helps us together as a society moving forward beyond this point, right? Because mm. um, we don't know if coronavirus is going to mutate. We don't know, you know, if there's going to be another strain of something that comes two years down the track or three years or five years. So whilst um, the Medicos, um, you know, it's not their normal tangent to go down, it's something that we, we definitely know is, is the reality. And, um you know, we look at someone like Anthony Forsey in America. He's, you know, is that someone- how you say it? Is it Forsey? I thought it was Fauci. Fauci? I don't know. Oh, it's got to be Fauci. He's got to be Fauci. a great Italian. Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> Fauci. So if we look at Fauci, um, we look at him, right? And he was quoted in an article in CNN where they were talking about different responses. And he was asked about, you know, Sweden and their approach. And he says in there that they couldn't possibly. Um, do herd immunity in America because they have too much obesity, diabetes, um, and heart disease, and it would be catastrophic for them, right? So he's on the flip side of that conversation saying, if we didn't have those things, it would be less catastrophic. So, yeah. you know, here's someone who's a, who's a leader in this response worldwide, who's acknowledging this lifestyle um, element to it, but we're not having anyone stepping up and saying, hey, by the way, um, let's try and put in some initiatives in place. Let's try and help society be healthy. You know? Dome, I want you to go next, but here's the thing. Even if I was president of the US, I'm not going to come out and go, listen here, you're all fat, you eat too much hamburgers, you're eating bacon every morning, ice cream at night, white bread for breakfast, lunch and dinner, 
And if we all let you congregate together, you can't handle it. But I will say to my friends that are healthy and well with robust immune systems, none of us are worried about it because Mm. we don't buy to the, we don't buy into the rhetoric that it doesn't discriminate because I think it's very clear that it does discriminate. The people that have, and that all, 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 Contagion discriminates. It's contagious with lowered immune systems. You look at anyone with a healthy immune system, it's not really that hard to notice uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I don't see this is why politi- politics getting in the way of healthcare. No politician's going to go out and, um, and pass judgment on the respective health of their constituents, so to speak. But anyway, that's my little rant for the day. <laughs> uh, it's, it is interesting, but. We ha- the other thing we have to keep in mind too is that the paradigm at the moment, and if we go back and we do some um, historical observation, wow, we would have done this uh, when we were studying. You know, we looked at, and PC, you would know this too, that at one point uh, the way in which the population kind of sought counsel was to go to their priest, their local priest. Um, and there was a belief system in and around religion and faith and that that would be the way out. The current uh, belief system or the current religion is science um, and medicine. Um, and so that these days you either believe in it or you don't believe in it. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's not about belief. It's about whether it is or it isn't. Um, and so what we do know in the evidence is that if you live a healthy life, then you decrease your risk factors of these six things that we, you know, that were listed as risk factors for the death of COVID, right? So if you live a healthy life, you exercise more, you, you know, eat better food, you keep your blood pressure appropriate, you keep your waist, um, you know, small and your BMI is appropriate under 25 and you do all these sorts of things, all these modifiable risk factors will decrease your risk of dying from COVID. Now, that also decreases your risk from all-cause all mortality. So it's not just COVID. It's everything, right? So um, the fact that we're waiting for a drug to manage diabetes when the research tells us that if you intervene with lifestyle, whether it be exercise and food or just food or just exercise, if you did one of those two things, you decrease your risk from type 2 diabetes. So the fact that we're waiting to use metformin or another drug to try and decrease that just basically means that the belief in the medical system is far more powerful than the belief in the human body. And uh, and so people are still thinking that there's going to be a panacea, a magic bullet, a silver bullet that's going to come through and then save us all. But the other big thing that's happened over the last 20 years is this big push for vaccination to form immunity. Now, I just want to say this, that just because you get a vaccination doesn't necessarily mean you've got immunity. And, and this is a... Yes, you, you could get immunity, but it, it may not be the case that they find a, a safe and effective vaccination for this particular virus. Now, the reason why I say that is as human beings, we have an immune system that learns based on the environment. Now, if you add into your environment some protein that's inside a vaccine, you may mount an immune response to the protein in that vaccine that could give you protection. But our immune system is incredible. Let's say, for example, we got chickenpox in the 80s. Did we survive it? The answer is yes. And did we build an immune system to it? And the answer is yes. These days, there's a vaccination. Did people get rubella and survive it? Yes. These days, there's a vaccination to it. Now, just because you don't get a vaccination to something doesn't necessarily mean that you can't survive it. Now, it doesn't also mean it also doesn't mean that you've been given 100% protection from it either. So just 
just because it exists doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to save your life. You have to take into your hands your life, and that is decrease the uh, modifiable risk factors uh, that we've just been speaking about. What are you laughing for, Piercy? <laughs> Two things. I just that I hope people rewind that. If you're listening to it, go back and listen to it because you just spoke so oh, much Peter sense. Levin. So much sense. Now, there's one. There's two things I want to say. The people that I've spoken to, because I like to get, I like to get a straw poll. Would you get the vaccine? And the people that I've spoken to that have said yes, go yes. But I just don't want to go first. I want to see how other people go, and then I'll. <laughs> and then I'll get it, which I think is an interesting response. Um, and then the second thing that I want to say is what you were just saying, Damo, uh, about lifestyle factors reducing your likelihood to uh, develop a chronic disease. I highly recommend listeners go back to episode 42 of 100 Not Out. It was Professor Michael Woodward, who is so high up. Uh, he's the head of aged care at Austin Health in Melbourne. And he said uh, on episode 42 of 100 Not Out, it is fortuitous that the very same lifestyle changes that you need to, to keep your heart healthy are generally the lifestyle changes that will also keep your brain healthy. Isn't it wonderful that we can multitask? We can be trying to change people's <laughs> attitude to health for one person, but it might also have benefits in other areas. Let's face yeah. it, it's far better in terms of your own self-esteem and your interactions with your peers to be regu- regularly exercising and fit if not. So he was saying one of one of the one of the biggest most well-respected uh, medical professionals in Australia was saying that all risk factors, uh, most chronic diseases in Australia uh, uh, can be heavily mitigated by living a healthy lifestyle, which he just termed multitasking. And I think that's not coming from an alternate health perspective. That's coming from someone, uh, Professor Woodward's probably in his 70s and maybe even early 80s. Um, he's been doing this for a long time. So I think that's important mm-hmm. for people to recognise. It's not just one person's view. Yeah, look. Piercy, it's really interesting that when you talked about um, if you're the president, you would, you may not want to say that to your population because it's it's not a popular thing to say. But that therein lies the problem in our society is that we have you know popular politics, and we don't want to get into a pol- pol- political yeah. discussion here. But it's about leadership, right? And what they should be doing is providing leadership. And we keep hearing, while well, we were hearing our press conferences down here, the decisions are being driven by the data, by the science, right? Now the data and the science explicitly says that the number one risk factor for having severe coronavirus is diabetes. Mm-hmm. In Australia, we have 1.2 people um, who, or more now that are um, type 2 diabetic. That's 5% of our population almost that are type 2 diabetic. So where has the correspondence been from our leaders yeah. to these people saying to them, hey, by the way, guys, you may not, and girls, you may not know that you are actually substantially more at risk of having a severe coronavirus outcome. At the moment, they're yeah. operating in the dark. Right. So yeah. how would they know without that information? So it's incumbent upon our leaders to give people the opportunity to change. Now, yeah. in 2009, we had a government um, a, a report come out from the Na- uh, National Health and Hospital Reform Commission. And they said by 2032, the New South Wales entire state budget would have to be dedicated to chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Right. At the rate that we're, that we're tracking. They know it. It's been there f- for a long time. And they know that that leads to other health neg- negative health outcomes. So. Uh, Professor Woodward, was it, I think yep. you said? Like, yep. He's talking about the individual multitasking. I'm suggesting that this should be part of our approach moving forward as well. For the, for the rest of this pandemic until it disappears and for any future pandemic, that we should be not just looking at stopping the spread, but we should be looking at enhancing the health of the population because ultimately that's the most robust defence that we have in, in not overloading our health, our health system, not overloading the individual body um, is by having as healthy a body as you can have, right? And without 
access to that information, people were operating a little bit um, ignorantly yeah. because they don't know, right? But that's what the leaders should be saying. And if you're stepping out into a press conference every single day, it doesn't take much to turn around and say, by the way, this is just a reminder that the the, the, the highest risk factors for coronavirus, uh, these mm. three, four, three or four things that are all lifestyle-based, and whilst you're at home in lockdown, you've got an hour a day where you can go out and exercise, here is a page on our website that, you know, um, tells you about, you know, appropriate ways to do that. To do. It, it, here are some people that we've linked up with that can tell you about, you know, um, a healthy lifestyle, healthy diet, you know. They just have to yeah. create the links. Go to your local gym, work with them who, are, who can't open at the moment because they're in lockdown. <laughs> but yeah. you pay your personal trainer to write you a program to do at home, right? Yeah. You know, you can help the economy at the same time. You, you're multitasking. You, you're helping people get well. You're helping society stay well. You're, you're, future, you're preventing future negative outcomes at the same time. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it, there's, there was an opportunity there that has been missed to date, but it's not missed completely. You know, it's yeah. something that we know now. It's taken a while for us to really understand and get grips of, of the whole coronavirus thing, what makes people susceptible, but the data is pretty clear. You know, we should be really working on that moving forward, not just for this pandemic, but for the future, for all future illness. Uh, really, yeah. I love this, Yoey, and I think the massive thing that you're saying here is that there there needs to be more. Like, if if we were running a ship, we'd be putting more money into making ads uh, sponsored by the government to say, "Buy beware! If you have dementia, if you have diabetes, or pre-diabetic, you must be extremely vigilant." And actually, for want of a better term, incentivize a lot of the uh, businesses related to health to support those people in the community to actually help them be healthy and well. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Even in that, like at the moment, there's an advertising campaign, which you might have all seen, that says we're all in this together. Right? If you think about the millions and millions and millions of dollars that have advertised that we're all in this together, then if we are all in this together, then ideally we'll be all holding each other to account. Like we'll be going, hey, hang on a second. Like how about are you eating good food? Hey, hang on a second. Are you okay? Hey, hang on a second. Are you exercising every day? Hey, hang on a second. Are you moving? Are you sitting down all day getting butt right? You know, <laughs> holding each other to account would be really important. Like that would be a great strategy for we're all in this together, you know, as opposed to just saying, you know, just hang in there, you know, wear your mask, stay home, don't go to work unless you have to. Um, and then we'll find a vaccine that'll save your life. Um, that that's the wrong messaging, and that's what we are saying is mm. that we need to get the messaging better. And so, for all the politicians, uh, you know, for Scomo, who I would imagine will be listening to this podcast, it'd be great for you to start having these open, frank conversations um, and letting people know. You know, some have commented before. I'm a type two diabetic. I've never heard before today that I'm more at risk due to that. Mm. You know. There you go. It's like it's amazing. This is what we're saying. You know, and how unfortunate, you know, that yeah. she like, you know, that she doesn't know. And look, it's not just this virus. It's it's all viruses. It's it's yeah. all disease. Yeah. yeah. It's all, all disease. disease. It's uh, all yeah. cause mortality. Yeah. I like yeah. what you're saying as well that now is actually a really good time. As sentiment is high, the the campaign could actually be, look, this is great, but let's not be complacent. Improve your health. If you're in good health, maintain your health, continue to be active, eat well, support yourself with an empowering peer group and so on and so forth. But I actually I actually love your position, Yoey, and I think, you know, uh, Summer, um, you know, represents one of the 1.2 million people that has not heard any connection between 
diabetes and coronavirus and they wouldn't like that. It, no. it's, it, it doesn't, I don't think it's a good feeling um, to f- almost feel like you've been not kept in the dark, but the, the, the lack of communication would feel just as much as a lie as, um, as it just being, you know, convenient to live off the list. Well, so. is it really, like I keep thinking about this, is it a public health response or is it a public defence response? In my opinion, it's public a public defence, right? It's not yeah. a public health response. And look, I, I, I'm, I want to be really clear. I'm, I actually am not against um, like the initial lockdown we had to go through. The second one, you know, there's a lot of debate around that. For me, at the same time, like Australia, we're we're not too far behind America with our um, stats on diabetes and um, obesity and heart disease. Um, you can't just sit there and say, "Oh, well." Um, let's take a different direction now like it's not the right time we still need to protect the people we need to protect people like some of it she needs to know that she needs protection yeah. whilst and whilst we're protecting her we need to give her the opportunity to try and help protect herself a little bit at the same time so you know there's got to be this middle ground and and unfortunately what we've seen is that we haven't had that middle ground but that's what i'm talking about i don't really want to focus on that side of the conversation right like we know that that's the paradigm that that, that things have been operating in but, um, you know, uh, what we really want to do is we want to lift the conversation to another level, you know, something that's a little bit more um, future-paced, long-term. Future-proofing. Um, yeah, future-proofing. Mm. Yeah. You know, and we, and we want... We, we could want... turn Australia into a blue zone through this COVID crisis. Yeah, there's a, really, there's a really big opportunity. We're learning a lot. We're learning a lot about the human body here, but it, the learnings are just not being spoken about, you know, yeah. which, is, which is a real shame. Yeah. I reckon the three of us could get a group of diabetics together, mm-hmm. give them a, a lifestyle. What are, doing, what are you chucking around there? A softball. Give them a lifestyle <laughs> overhaul. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then inject them with coronavirus and see what happens. Isn't that what Wim Hof did? That's <laughs> what Wim Hof did with his breathing method. Didn't he inject himself with the most obscene virus going around and yeah. breathed it breathed it out? E. coli, didn't he? Didn't he yeah, he put it. Yeah, he had himself injected with E. coli yeah. and did his breathing yeah. methods. Yeah, because and they couldn't find it. I think you know. Again, I don't want to sound. I, I have really been detached from a lot of the statistics, but I do know that the large, 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 large majority of the cases are mild. I would love to see what would happen if you injected an extremely healthy individual uh, with the virus and... You just have to put get them in touch with it. You wouldn't have to inject them, mate. No, so make it graphic, don't mate. Right. Well, I'm a journalist. You've got to get ratings. You've got to get some, you've got to get some cut through here. You can't just go... about the ratings. No, it is. public health? If, you know? you, what about safety, Piercy? You're right. The <laughs> stuff you read in the paper... What's the stuff this you... all about? What, all of a sudden you made injections all good just because you want to do an article on it. That's ridiculous, no, I want to. I want, I'm with Yoey. I want to change the paradigm. I want people to actually... <laughs> Do something about this. Yeah, I want me people too. to go. Well, I'm diabetic or pre-diabetic. I want to yeah. do something. And if I saw someone being injected with coronavirus and was still bopping around, because um, none of yeah, I think that would be anyway. I'm not, I'm yeah, not going to do well, it, but uh, I'll just keep. You've that. come up against it. I I reject what you're suggesting. Sama rejects what you're suggesting. <laughs> when you when said you that's a bit drastic. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, wasn't too drastic for uh, Wim Hof. Rejection. Stupid. I don't even know why you even said that. But anyway, I think you'll reflect on that and want to retract it. You can't. I just take bite. No, I, I, don't, I won't bite retract bite it. No, just put people amongst, like let people just walk in a community and yeah. you know, get it. No, no guarantee. No guarantee. Good point. No, if, they're healthy, if they're healthy, they may not. 
That's right. That's right. In fact, hey, know, there was another study that came out, which we could talk about lifestyle-based um, disease. It was a study. Uh, where was it? Was it in Spain? Or they've done a study where they showed people with adequate levels of vitamin D. D, yes. And, uh, um, sorry, we'll flip this. I'll invert it. People with inadequate levels are twice yeah. as likely to yeah. actually catch it. Yeah. So if you have adequate levels, you're twice as unlikely to actually even get infected with the yes. virus. Yep. Um, and um, they've also shown the severity of the illness is significantly reduced. So, yep. you know, we look at, um, we call it flu season, cold and flu season every year. Um, yep. the, the, the Northern Hemisphere has just come um, out of summer and they're in cold and flu season. If you have a look at their graphs, their graphs represent that um, in terms of how corona was over there. Um, they were out of lockdowns in summer, yet it wasn't spreading crazily. And then it's they start to get to the colder months and it starts spreading again. Um, so, you know, there's another lifestyle-based um, idea there. And, look, even the suggestion that people go and get their vitamin D levels tested is a, is a really interesting one because we know that vitamin D has a significant impact on upper respiratory tract infections and what level of vitamin D has. It's, it's, it's another article in the British Medical Journal, 2018, I think it was, where they compared vitamin d therapy to um the flu shot and the effectiveness of the two and what they were saying is that vitamin d having vitamin d supplementation um the effectiveness at reducing upper respiratory tract infections was higher than um the effectiveness of the flu shot now what they were they did they were talking about all upper respiratory tract infections some of them were obviously not as severe as the flu but within that cohort is the human coronavirus which is very similar genetically to this coronavirus, so obviously the research that's coming out this year is not surprising that um, vitamin D is having a positive impact on levels of vitamin D um, on coronavirus. And I saw on, on – I didn't – I got paywalled the other day, but in Scotland they've started administering vitamin D to vulnerable populations in Scotland um, over there um, as part of their response to coronavirus, which was encouraging. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm just reading some of these comments here. Uh, Wendy says, MP can't sit still. I've noticed that today, MP. They're really excited or you've got worms or ants in your pants or you need to go to the toilet or all of the above. All, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon he's busted to go to the toilet. It's no, I don't need to go to the toilet, actually. No, I'm all good. I just, yeah. uh, I'm just, i enthused by this conversation. I can't sit yeah, still because I'm great. just, I'm loving the energy in the virtual room. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. It's been awesome. Um, Trudy, welcome to the call. Uh, it's great. Um, we can't get vitamin D in our practice at the moment because when COVID hit, all of the vitamin D wow. was shipped to China. So Blackmore's et al. all flogged off their vitamin D overseas. So you, you couldn't buy it. So it was very, very difficult um, to get access to it. Then when the next batch came in, it was rejected because it was unstable. So it's really hard to find vitamin D at the moment. So you've got to get sun exposure. Um, and at the moment, all the way through Australia, you can get skin exposure to the sun and manufacture vitamin D. The sun's refractive rays are at the right um, angle for us to be able to manufacture vitamin D right now, which is awesome. Uh, so get outside, get your gear off, get in the sun and uh, and be there for about 20 minutes in the middle of the day. Don't burn. It's important. Don't burn. Now, um, it's very... And it's in very, March, get your blood uh, tested. Get a blood test in March. Get a blood test in March so you know yeah. whether or not to take vitamin D um, going into the colder period or when you can't manufacture it. That's right. Now, 
it's in Australia, and I know this to be the case in New Zealand, they now won't do um, vitamin D tests. They just say, well, it's highly likely you're going to be low in vitamin D. Just take vitamin D anyway. And so uh, that's that's the case these days. So they go, well, look, it's, it doesn't hurt you to take vitamin D. In fact, if you just took a 1,000 IUs every single day, you're never going to overdose, ever going to overdose on a 1,000 IUs. Even if you took 2,000 or 3,000, you're not going to overdose on it. Um, you, you just get, you'll use it well. It's a, it's a pre-hormone uh, vitamin and it's, it's really important. So if you can get access to some vitamin D, get in it, get on it. I used to go it's, to the uh, solarium all the time in my early 20s. I was so brown, almost orange. Is that a good thing? <laughs> can we recommend that? Or did, were they outlawed, the solariums? Yeah, they're was? illegal now. They're <laughs> illegal. You can go to jail these days if you're going to a solarium. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, look, so I, I just, on that demo, and I don't know the reference and I can't remember what I read, but I read something the other day about vitamin D and it was saying, I just want to make sure people understand what you were saying. You cannot, you're not going to overdose if you're taking one, two, three thousand units a day. You can have so much though that it actually reverses the impact on your immune system. I read the other day, like if you have too much, yep. um, it actually starts to diminish some of the return. So, same, but that's the same as kind of almost everything, though. Well, everything, we, you know, right? You know, yeah. Everything. So I just want to make sure people are really clear that you can have too much of it. It's just at those levels, they're suggesting there's not you cannot overdose. Yeah. Just digging you out a hole, mate. Yeah. No. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Because there will be some people out there listening to this that are busting to put an upper complaining against me. So thanks for doing that, Wowie. Um, that is true. Uh, what can heal can harm. Uh, what is good can be bad. So uh, just remember that. And so Dosage is everything. Dosage is key. If you're going to go above the RDA, then have it correctly prescribed by your healthcare practitioner. Um, and this isn't intended to be medical advice. Please seek the help of your medical practitioner. Um, I think that's at the front of it. There's a disclaimer podcast. at the end of every podcast. Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, you're yeah. safe, boys. Thanks, you're LT. safe. Um, now, Yoey. Uh, we normally go for 20 minutes on our podcasts and you have been probably the first in about two years. Uh, we have exceeded 40 minutes. This mm. 40 minutes? This is wow. like a double episode in one. Uh, I know you have raised a lot of questions for a lot of people and they can come and see you in person, Main Road Eltham at My Chiropractic. Uh, if you love everything that Yoey talks about, go to My Chiropractic com.au if you are not local to Eltham the best thing is Yoey has his own podcast the super well podcast check it out where all good podcasts can be found uh Marcus Yo it has been a joy to have you on the podcast and apologies sincerely that we haven't featured you on in one of the almost 400 episodes of 100 not out it is an indictment on our friendship uh but professionally it is an indictment since we definitely Shoulda, coulda, woulda had you on here earlier. I think because we did have you speak at a 100 Not Out live event three or Mm. four years ago, uh, maybe we felt like we had nourished it. But I dare say we will have you on at least before episode 800. I reckon we can do it within the next 400 or so, Damo. What do you reckon, a return appearance? And even probably before episode 497. So um, I reckon we'll do that. We'll do that too. So, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And look, I thought it might just be because I've started to get a few greys flickering in that I've, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm hitting the right demographic. Silver Fox. Silver well, Fox. Well, actually, yeah. must say this. Shout out to people that do listen. My beautiful sister actually shared Domo, our Jean Kitson uh, uh, episode with her friends, and the following episode, which is about your upcoming birthday. And she actually laughed because one of our show bios, I don't know if it's in the podcast app or a website, 
but it said, what do two blokes 45 and under have to do with aging well? <laughs> really? <laughs> and you're about to turn 47 or something. And uh, yeah. that was written when I think I was 32 or 33 and you were 39. So we might need to update uh, the show bio because that doesn't yeah. apply anymore. <laughs> doesn't um, apply. I'm, doesn't... I'm almost almost middle-aged, almost. No, nah, yeah, you're just over a third of the way through. How old are you, so, Yoey? Uh, I'm 37, mate. 37, 37. 39, yeah. 46 yeah. going on 47. Love it. I love yeah. it. Hey, I, just, yeah. I just want to um, say one more thing just so that people, because I'm just about to start doing a little bit more work on my Instagram and on my own website so they can reach me there. That's that's where I'll be spending most of my time. Are you Insta-famous these days? Where are you on the Instagram uh, land? My my handle is at docyo, D-O-C-Y-E-O, um, and... I've got a few videos up there actually that talk about when Corona first hit about what makes someone healthy. There's a series on health um, and there's a series on using your time that people can look at. And then uh, I've got a website that I had redone in the middle of coronavirus, but with all the government government regs and me trying to run my practice, I haven't been able to get back to it for a little bit, but I'm about to start throwing up some information there. And there'll be a series I'm going to call Professor Rona, um, which is all about these learnings um, that we're getting along the way and what we could be doing. And what's that? What's that website, Yoi? Give it a shout out. Just marcusyo.com. Marcus Yo, that's yeo.com. Damo, as always, thanks for your wisdom. Great man. Great episode, Piercy. Great episode. Thank you very much. And thanks for letting me bring my friend on. I've been asking you for a long time, so thank you. Oh, don't say me. that. You didn't make it as if I just that's just a massive bus throw as we finish up. That's Every word of nah, no, nah, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I can't believe no, it. It was so, that. so great. Thanks for coming on, Piercy. I mean, Yoey. And uh, <laughs> so awesome. Very confusing. Don't no, believe right. him, Yoey. That's just mean. That's nah, just mean. He's got those glasses, you know, I don't know. He looks a bit shady. Yeah, the cheek, the cheek <laughs> That's is what rising. Reckons. That's what Summer reckons. Uh, <laughs> to find out more about that man that just spoke those those words, uh, go to DamienChristoph.com. That's Damien with an A. And to learn more about myself, go to MarcusPierce.com.au. Thanks to Joseph Tomo, our editor, Cielo, who does all of our social media. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.